Blog Talk Radio. All right, good evening there. Good evening. This is Elder Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. This is Watchman on the Wall. End Time Radio Ministry coming to you from uh, Warren, Ohio. And I'm going on down in Atlanta, Georgia. And as I come on, I want you to recognize that this is the Watchman on the Wall. This is about end time. This is about Christ, Jesus Christ. We are definitely living in the end time. This is the close of the church age. The church age is almost over as far as the mission that the church has been doing for the last 2,000 years. This is not Easter month. It's Resurrection month. This is the period of time 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem with Jesus Christ. We're getting ready to be crucified. And we realize that Jesus Christ came the first time to do what? He come to die. The second time he's coming back, he's coming to judge the world in righteousness. We are here to let you know there is hope for tomorrow. And that hope can only be found in Jesus Christ. Us all, ain't nobody else is going to take the place of what Christ done. Why? Because Christ is not trying to be, not expecting to be, but Christ is God Almighty himself in flesh. He was, he was 100% man and 100% God, born in Bethlehem of Judea 2,000 years ago. That is two millenniums, two millenniums ago, which is to God two days ago, Christ died, suffered and died. And this is the hour that he suffered. He will be crucified. He was crucified this day, today, what, 2,000 years ago. He will stay in the grave. For three days and three nights. He is in the grave now of concerning at the time that he was crucified 2,000 years ago. He will stay in the grave Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. He will be resurrected from the dead Sunday morning. That happened 2,000 years ago, but we still celebrate. And it's not Easter. It's not Bunnies, it's not rabbits, it's not eggs. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came down to this earth 2,000 years ago, stayed on the earth for 33 and one-half years, and when he stayed on the earth, he come for one purpose, if he wouldn't have did nothing else. He come to die for sinner man, sinner man. He come to die for your sin, my sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall never perish but have everlasting life. This is the time right now that it happened 2,000 years ago. It is a sacred thing. It is a high pinnacle of what God is planning to do. He's planning to save as many as people come to him 
because you're going to have to come to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ already done made his bid to save your soul. Now it's your time to come to him by the cross, only by the cross, not by no denomination, not by no cult, not by one man, not by some preacher, not by some deacon, not by some pope, not by some cardinal, but by Jesus Christ. Christ is God Almighty, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all three are one individual in three offices, three manifestations. Manifestation, God in the Spirit. Manifestation, Jesus Christ the Son, God manifested in the flesh. Jesus Christ went back to heaven and sent the Holy Ghost, which is God in the Spirit. Because God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, no man can get to the Father. No man can get to the Father but by me. So if anybody expects to receive Christ and be saved and sanctified and have a changed life, the only way that they can receive this change is through Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ is the only man that died and came back from the grave on his own power. He stayed in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, and on the third day morning he got up out of the grave. So we're looking for the resurrection morning on Sunday morning, before dawn, Christ, 2,000 years ago, came out of the grave on his own power. No, he didn't die just for churchgoers. He died for sinners. And the Bible says we all, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And by that, Christ has been gone for 2,000 years. And the 2,000 years is almost up, almost up. Christ is coming again. But this time he's not coming to die. He's not coming, amen, to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. He's coming to judge the world in righteousness. Righteousness can only come by Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, we find out that the last church age is on the spot. Third chapter of Revelation, it gives us the condition of the last church. The last church is called Laocidian, Laocidian church. The lukewarm church, neither hot or cold, but lukewarm. In other words, half-hearted religion. Half-hearted religion. You you can have religion and still go to hell. You can have religion and still go to hell because religion cannot save you. Good works cannot save you. Doing good cannot save you. Singing in the choir cannot save you. Come on now. Reading the Bible cannot save you. Come on now. Do's and don't do's can't save you. The only person in the, in the whole universe, because he owns the universe, is Christ. Christ is God, almighty, in the flesh, came down here and died for your sins. So Christianity is not a religion. 
I'll say that again. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ, give you a relationship with God Almighty. When you come to Christ, you're coming to God Almighty through his son, Jesus Christ, he who himself is God. So what you have to believe on is what God did in Christ. God became man, and he gave his own name. He named himself Jesus Christ. Jesus means Savior, and Christ means anointed one. And the only anointer is Jesus Christ. The only anointed one is God Almighty. He is the anointer, and he anointed his son to be the perpetuation, to be the intercessor, to be the substitute, the substitute of anybody else but Christ is God's substitute. God substitute himself in his son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all is one, co-equal. Ain't no three gods, ain't no two gods, there's one God. And this God proved himself in his son Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation, living in the last days, we're living in a terrible time. We're living in a chaotic time. We're living in a mystified time. We're living in a time where it has never been up on the planet since the beginning of time. The only last difficult time was the days of Noah, the days of the revolt of the Roman government, and the, and, and the death of Jesus Christ. And the next one is the great, great, great event that's soon to happen. What is that, Brother Brother Bazaar? According to the Bible, only Brother Bazaar can give you is the rapture of the church, the last trump. The last trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise. And God has already given us a, a sign that the trump is going to sound all the way because the government is trying to get rid of Trump. They're trying to get rid of Trump. What What, what is it about Trump that... The, the people don't like. It, it's not necessarily about Trump. It's the name he has. The Trump in the Bible represents judgment. The Trump in the Bible represents awe. The Trump in the Bible represents repentance and turning to God. That's what Trump means. Trump means getting ready for battle, getting ready for judgment. And there are seven trumpets in the book of Revelation that says it's going to be blown during the tribulation period, and these trumpets, an event will happen up on the planet. So it's not all about Trump. It's about what God gave in the last days. Now, listen to this. Out of 2,000 years, 45 presidents, how come, how come, you explain this to me, how come it is, we're living in the last day. The rapture's almost here. And the last president we had was named President Donald Trump. And Trump has been trying to tell the world there's a battle coming. There's a time coming. Everybody don't like Trump, and he, he's not to be liked because Trump comes up with some stuff. Amen. And he's telling on folks he's against secret society, he's against the Luciferians, he's against the uh, 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 the Illuminati. Why? Because this is devil's organization. These are devil's organization. Majority of the government, 
Listen, in fact, majority of the government is under the influence of the Illuminati's. The Illuminati's are diabolical, diabolical devils that's running the world. It's not Biden. Biden is not running. Biden is not running the presidency. It's the Illuminati's. It's satanic powers that's ruling in high places, and darkness is coming up on the face of the earth. There's darkness everywhere. Oh, yes, the sun is shining, but men are sinning like mad. Men are killing. Men are raping. Babies are being killed. Young folks are being killed. My God, drugs are are cartelling through our country. America has backslidden. America has turned their back on God. And America is going to answer for it because America is getting ready, getting ready, because the Lord Jesus Christ pretty soon is going to rapture the church. And it's after the rapture of the church that America is going to be headed for judgment. And judgment can't come upon the planet until God removes the church. The church, the born-again believers that have been saved by the what? The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can save your soul. Because when Christ died, he shed all his blood. In the book of Revelation, let's go to uh, Laocidia. Laocidia, third chapter. The chapter says, unto the angel, unto the pastor of the church. What church? Laocidia church. Of Laocidian, right. Right. These things says, amen. The faithful and true witnesses, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, increased with goods, have need of nothing, and know it not that ye are wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that ye may be rich, and white raiment, that ye may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness do not appear. Anoint your eyes with eyesight, that ye may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten it. Be zealous, therefore, and what? Repent! Repent! Repent. This church got to repent. Behold, I stand at the door. If ye any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to sup with him. So this church, Christ is on the outside, the church door of your heart. Christ is standing on the outside knocking to get into what? Not the church building, not the building, but he's trying to get into people's heart that's in this church, Laocidians. I will sup with him, with him and he with me. To him who overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame, and I am set down with my father in his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear 
what the Spirit says unto the churches, the churches of Asia Minor. There are seven churches of Asia Minor. These seven churches, the first one is Ephesus, which means a backslidden church. The second one, the first one is Ephesus, the backslidden church. The second one is called Smyrna, the persecuted church. The third one is called Pergamos, which is the one that compromised church. The fourth one is Thyatira, which the church marries the world. The fifth one is called the Church of Sardis, which means Protestant churches. Protest. They protest against the Roman Catholic Church. The sixth one is the Church of Philadelphia, which is the Church of Brotherly Love. The last church is the Church of Laodicea, which are we are in right now. We are in the apostate church. We are in the apostate church because this church has a form of godliness, but they don't have no power. They have not been regenerated. They're not saved, but there's a few in there that's saved. And he said, I stand on the outside of the door and knock, and I'm trying to get into men's heart. And Jesus Christ said, if I knock, let me in. And the the, the world today, amen, the world today and the churches today, there's a lot of people in churches. There's a lot of people in churches that have not accepted Jesus Christ. But yet still, Jesus Christ is standing, knocking at each one of these people's door, the door of their heart, to let them in. And they're saying, no, we're all right. Look what we got. Look at what he said. They said, because you say I am rich and increased with good. This is a rich church and have no need of nothing. And nor not, he said, and nor not that ye are wretched. Don't you know you're ungenerated? Don't you know you don't know who Christ is? Don't you know you're lost in sin? Don't you know you need a Savior? Don't you know you need to repent of your sins and be born again? What you talking about being born again? In other words, repent and believe the gospel. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. It says, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There would be some, there would be some people in this church right here that saved. And when the rapture comes, they're going to be removed from the earth. In each one of these churches, there's somebody saved in each one of these churches. But the only two churches that God was pleased with is the church of Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia. Because the church of Smyrna means they were persecuted Christians that were suffering for the cause of Christ, and they were being put to death in the early church age, and it's going to make a repeat in the latter part of the tribulation period where Christians will stand up for Jesus Christ and they will be persecuted and killed and beheaded for the cause of Christ during the great tribulation. What are you talking about, preacher? What are you talking about, Brother Bazaar? I'm talking about after Jesus Christ raptures the church, the true believers, there's going to be a lot of people left on this earth that's not saved, that's not saved. And they won't have to go through the tribulation period. The tribulation period is consisted of seven years of hell on earth. The first three and one half years will be a false peace treaty. They will say they will say peace, peace, but suddenly destruction will come. The Antichrist will come after the rapture of the church. The church. It consisted of every nationality 
and culture up on the planet. Black people, white people, Chinese, Puerto Ricans, Jews, Jews, Russians, uh, 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 Egyptians, Ethiopians, every nation. God got some saved people in every nationality on the planet. Africans, oh, my God, saved people who have accepted Jesus Christ in foreign lands around the world, including America, including South America, including Russia, including China, including Bangladesh, including India, including every continent. There's somebody saved somewhere on this planet that knows Jesus Christ. Those are the only ones that's going to be raptured up. Oh, yes, indeed. It ain't going to be. It ain't going to be denominations that's going to be ratcheted up. It ain't going to be Baptists. It ain't going to be Presbyterian. It ain't going to be Seventh-day Adventists. It ain't going to be Jehovah Witnesses. It ain't going to be none of those prior names that you have heard of. It's only going to be those that have confessed with their mouth and believed with their heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The Bible said, thou shalt be saved. In this church, Laosidia, it's going to be a church of apostate, apostate church. A part state church is a church that have a form of godliness, but they don't have no power. This is the apostate church. We do not know when it began, but we do know it has begun. It is the last church addressed by Christ. So that means the rapture will take place very shortly. By contrast of his church, which is not faithful, true. Jesus is the creator of all things. He said, I know your works. You are neither cold or hot. This characterizes that which is prevalent at this present time. I would that ye were cold or hot. Half measured. Half measures won't do. You cannot be a half a Christian and half a sinner. You got to be complete. You got to be born again. And there's some people today got a form of godly living, but they don't have no power to live like Christ. In order to go to heaven, you got to be saved by what? The blood of Christ. No blood, no life. Christ shed his blood on Calvary's cross to give us life. Except you repent, you shall likewise perish. There's no hope for a person who deny the burial, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no hope for a person who deny that Jesus Christ is God's son. In other words, that Jesus Christ is God Almighty, and it was Christ, God himself, in Christ that suffered and died on the cross. God, one God, one God. And if Jesus Christ is not God, and Jesus said at the name, at his name, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess, if Jesus Christ is not God, then I ain't got no business bowing down to Jesus Christ. Because a lot of people say Jesus Christ is not God. But if Jesus Christ is not God, well, who is Christ? Some say 
that he he was created by God, but Christ was not created by God because Christ said, I am the beginning and I am the end. I am the first and the last. I am the Alpha and I'm the Omega. I am the Lord God and there's nobody else beside me. So Christ is God. And if Christ is God and you want to know God, you've got to come to Christ and confess him. And the minute you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you know God in the spirit by your faith that you have in him, that he died and rose again, and he died for your sins. He died for your sins. He died for your sins. He died so that you won't have to go to hell. Because if you die in your sins, if you die in your sins and never accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you will die one day. And if you die without Christ in your life by the resurrection of Jesus Christ and confessing him and believing in him and trusting in him and relying on him and depending upon him with all your mind, all your heart, and all your soul, and you are loving the Lord Jesus Christ and you are you are doing his will and you love him because he first loved you and because he first loved you, you can tell the world about him and how much he done for you and how much he, you love him so they can know this Christ that I'm talking about because I got so much to tell you I can't tell it all but see this is the church of Laodicea they are half-hearted they half-hearted he said so then because you are lukewarm neither cold or hot if a person is lukewarm towards something it means that he hasn't he hasn't rejected but at the same time he has by no means accepted it in the mind of God, a tippet, a tippet response is equal to a negative response. And he said, you half-hearted. You, 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 you believe it, but you haven't accepted. You don't want to come to Christ, but you should. You got the forms of Christ. You got the form of so-called religion, but you don't have no relationship. And by you not having no relationship, you're half and half. You, you're trying to do right on your own, and you can't live righteous without Christ in your life. And by Christ not being in your life, you're half-hearted. And half-hearted don't work. I hear them old, old saints used to say, 99 and a half won't do. In other words, you can have all the right things to call itself good religion. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're lost. You can't be lost and found at the same time. Either you found and you saved and you sanctify, or either you're lost and don't know nothing about the Spirit of God, about the love of God, about the goodness of God. You just got a form and you don't have no, whoo, you don't have no power. Power of what? The Holy Ghost, the day of Pentecost in the second book of Acts. It says the time had fully come of the 50th day of Jubilee, they heard a mighty sound out of heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they all was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the first church. 
That's the true church. That's the newborn church. That's the church that was conceived after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he went back to heaven. And those that received the Holy Ghost, they began to speak with other tongues, and they went outside and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what's wrong with the church today? The church today don't lock themselves inside the door, and they have a form of godliness, but they don't have no power to go tell somebody else that Jesus Christ is alive and that he arose on the third day morning, and you got your life to prove it. Are you living holy? Are you living for God? Are you living for yourself? Do you love God or do you love the world? Do you love Satan in all his avenues or do you love God in all his righteousness? Do you love what God done for you on Calvary's cross? He died for you. He took your place on Calvary's cross. He knew no sin, and but yet still he became sin that through his sin offered, that he offered up his body for our sin, and he was nailed to the cross, and he came up from the grave on the third day morning. Are you, are you up on that? Are you in love with that, what Jesus Christ done for you? He died for you. You can't die for yourself and come back from the grave and save yourself from sin. It took Jesus to do that. He said, because you are lukewarm and you are half and half and hearted, I will spew you out of my mouth. There is no prospect of repentance here on this part of the church or restoration. In fact, there is a divine rejection. When you reject Jesus Christ, just having a form of religion, you read, you read, you are rejecting divine revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because when Christ died, he died for our sins, and he paid the penalty for sin, but when he arose from the dead, he had the victory of sin, he had paid the price. Now, since he don't pay the price, if you reject that sacrifice, Instead that you can get to heaven on your own and say that if I just go to church for 50, 60, 70, or even 30 or 40 years and just participate in church work and just do this and do that and never, 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 never repent of your sins and come to Christ, guess what? You're lost. You are lost. In Laodicea, you got lukewarm. He said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I'm going to gurgitate you up. Because you say I am rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. You say, I don't need nothing. I don't need salvation. I don't need to, be, I don't need to pray. I just go to church. I just be good. I don't need all that. Well, yes, you do. You need that and more. Because if you don't repent, and Jesus Christ, except, he said, except you repent, Turn from your wickedness, turn from your sins, turn from your backbiting, your lying, your cheating, your slothfulness. Turn from sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot be saved unless you repent. You cannot just say you saved and you never repented of your whoremongering, of your lying, of your adulteries, of your fornication, of your drug addiction. God said, I love you so much, I want to save you from that. 
I Christ said, I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want you to burn forever. I don't want you to be tormented forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever because you rejected me. Come unto me, those are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me before it's everlasting too late. Come to me before the rapture occur. Because when the rapture occur, it's going to be like a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ shall rise. The we that remain alive shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and lay Ocedia. It's going to fall into the tribulation period. Because after the rapture of the church, after Jesus Christ removed his body, after the trumps sound, after the graves open, after the millions and millions of people are going to be missing to the earth, there won't be, there will not be one saved person on the planet. Not one. Why? Because all the saved will be in heavenly with Jesus Christ. Christ is coming from heaven, and he's going to descend from heaven. He'll be in the, in the area of the outskirts of the third heaven, which is God's throne. He will set up the judgment seat. And the judgment seat is where all the saints of God will be joined together to get their rewards. While here on earth, there will be tribulation. The Antichrist, I'll say it again, the Antichrist will arise. And when he comes, he's going to come on a peace platform. A peace platform. How do I know he's coming on a peace platform? Let's go to Revelation 6, chapter Come on, walk with me, walk with me, talk to me. I've got something to show you here. Amen. In the sixth chapter of Revelation, let's see what John sees. Let's see what he sees in the sixth chapter. In the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, we read this. It says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, the Lamb refers to the crucified Christ, risen, and is proven by the use of the word Lamb. And I heard as it was a noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, living creatures saying, come and see. Come and see what? This will follow the rapture of the church. But we aren't told exactly how long after the rapture the great tribulation will come. Come and see, said that it is destiny and cannot be avoided. And John said, and I saw, behold, a white horse, and he that set it on him had a bow in his hand. And a crown was given to him, and he went forth to conquering and to conquer. What did John see? Well, he saw a white horse. And he said, and he, A.G., who sat on him had a bow. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. This is symbolically. Jesus Christ is going to ride from heaven on a white horse, but this is not Jesus Christ. And Antichrist is going to come. And most likely, he's not going to be riding through the air on a white horse. Most likely, if he comes, he's going to have a white uniform on, riding a white limousine. And he's going to get out that limousine, 
and he's going to be the Antichrist. He's already here on this earth. He's a full-grown man. And in the book of Daniel, Daniel tells me exactly what country he's coming from. He's coming from Western Europe. He's coming from NATO. He's coming from the European Union. He's coming from the New World Order. And the New World Order that started NATO comes out of Western Europe. And this Western Europe, Daniel saw ten toes. And these ten toes represent NATO today. NATO today. NATO today is the ten toes. The ten toes represent the end times. The end of the human body is the feet. These ten toes represent end times. And then Daniel saw the ten toes, but he had to switch from toes to horns. When he switched from toes to horns, he said, I saw ten horns. And then I saw another little horn come up from the midst of the ten horns. And this horn, this horn had eyes and spoke great things against the Most High. And in the book of Revelation, 6th chapter, John said, I saw a white horse. And he just said of him, he had a bow in his hand. In other words, he's coming on a peace platform. He's coming with a bow, but he ain't got no, no arrows. So it's not going to be by war that he takes power. It's going to be coming by a peace treaty. Hear me what I'm saying? A peace treaty will be signed by the Antichrist for the Jewish nation. The Jews are going to accept this Antichrist. They're going to accept this Antichrist because the Jews now believe, they believe in saying that this is their Messiah, and it's not the Messiah. Their Messiah has already went back to heaven, stayed, been in heaven for 2,000 years, and their Messiah has already died, come back from the grave, and he's been gone for 2,000 years, and he's coming back to the earth after the seven-year tribulation. So now we see this white horse coming. This represents symbolically the Antichrist. He had a bow in his hand coming on a peace platform. The Jews now are building the temple. They get ready to build the temple. They sit, they're anxious in building this temple because the Jews believe that this is the sign that the Messiah is coming. When the Messiah comes and sign a peace treaty saying that they can rebuild their temple and put it in the place where they had it for the last 3,000 years, the Jews are going to accept him and the Antichrist is going to sign a peace treaty and the world is going to go crazy about it. The world is going to go crazy about it. They're going to say, yes. This is what we've been waiting for 2,000 years. Jesus Christ has came back to the earth. The world is going to believe that this is Jesus Christ. It is not going to be Jesus Christ. It's going to be an impersonator of Satan using this man of sin to deceive the Jewish nation to build a temple, and in this temple, the Jews want to go back to the old sacrificial offering called Judaism. And Judaism is done away with. We're no longer under the law. The law cannot save you. The law cannot redeem you. The law cannot change your life. The law is for the ungodly and the unrighteous. The law is a schoolmaster to lead us to Calvary's cross, because at the cross you find grace. 
At the cross, you find forgiveness. At the cross, you find eternal salvation. At the cross, you see the blood of Jesus Christ. At the cross, you see Christ being put in the grave. At the cross, you see Jesus Christ coming back from the grave. Why? Because he paid the price for sin. And now man is not under the law. He's under grace and truth. Because grace says, I'm going to give you enough time to accept my son. I'm going to give you enough love to let you know I love you so much that I want to come into your life and change your soul, change your spirit, change your very being, and let me tell you something, and change your behavior. Because when the Holy Ghost comes in, it is a gentle spirit. It is a loving spirit. You know why? Because it's God Almighty in the spirit. And that's the only way God can save you is through his blood by the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit comes in, the Bible says you know that you pass from death to life because you love the brother. And the Bible says if a man say he loved God and hate his brother, he's a liar and the truth in him is not in him. So you got a whole lot of liars walking around today talking about they love God and they love God and they love God and they hate their brother. They hate him the color of the skin. They hate him because he don't look like they do. They hate him because he's got hate in it, but if you say you love God and hate your brother, you are a stone liar, and the love of the truth is not in you. How do I know I've been born again? Because I know I've been born again, because I pass from death to life, because I love the brother. This horse, this white horse, shows you the outer, the outer part of this Antichrist. It shows you the Antichrist is going to be what? Handsome. He's going to be a tall man. He's going to be a man that's been through four military schools. He's going to be a man of great stature. He's going to be a man that knows ten languages. He's going to be a man that's going to be that belongs to the you the the. The Illuminati, he belonged to Luciferians, he belonged to every secret society of dark order that the world has named. He is going to be what? The devil incarnated. That's what he's working up to. But first, he's got to put on a coat of beauty in order to get the people to believe that he is Jesus Christ by his handsome and by his speech. He's going to speak great things against the Most High, but the first part of the tribulation, he's going to speak peace. He's going to give the authority to the Jewish nation. This is what he's getting ready to do. He's 55 years old. 55 years old. That's his age right now. And Daniel saw. Daniel saw Another horn come up amongst the other ten horns, which is NATO. And this eleventh horn came into power in 1986. And that country is Spain. Spain became the eleventh horn. And the eleventh horn out of the out of the country of Spain, eleventh horn is going to arise. And this man that's coming out of Spain will be not going to be, but will be the Antichrist, the son of perdition, the wicked one. He will infuse by riding and looking upon a white horse. Not riding a white horse, but he will become dressed in white, and he will be able to whoop 
do all kind of miracles. He would be able to orate people. He would mesmerize people. He would trick people. He would deceive people, especially the Jewish nation. And so the Jews right now are what? They're reconstructing a temple. They get ready to reconstruct a temple. This will be the third temple. The third temple. The last temple that was in Jerusalem was 70 A.D. And Titus, the Roman government, ripped that temple down to one stone was not left upon the other. And there has not been a temple in Jerusalem for over 2,000 years. And the Bible tells me before Christ comes back to this earth, the Antichrist will sit in the temple. He will sit in the temple, and he will desecrate the temple, which is called the abomination, desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet. He will speak great things against the Most High. He will blaspheme the God of heaven. He will try to belittle Christ like he was nothing. And that's what the world is doing now. They're belittling Christ. They're telling people Jesus Christ didn't come back from the dead, that Jesus Christ is not God Almighty. The world has been deceived, and the devil, he said, I got my own Christ. I got my own Antichrist. And when he come on the scene, I'm going to make it look real pretty. I'm going to make it look real handsome. I'm going to make it look real debonair. I'm going to make it look real appeasing to the Jewish people. And the Jews are going to offer up sacrificial animals. They're going to try to go back into Judaism. And they're going to do it for maybe two years. But the first three and one half years, they're all going to establish a temple and they're going to kill animals and try to go back into the old judicial worship. And the Antichrist is not going to like it. And he is going to desecrate the temple. He's going to cause abomination and desolation. And he's going to remove the Ark of the Covenant. He's going to remove the Manoah. He's going to remove all this in the temple. And he's going to go inside the temple and sit in the temple and call himself God Almighty. That's the devil. That's a raw-headed, slew-foot, Beelzebub, the old dragon, the old serpent, the tempter, the liar, the father of lies, will sit in the temple and call himself God Almighty, and he will set up the abomination of distillation and desecrate the temple, and that's in the middle part of the three and one-half years, and then he starts the mark of the beast. He will set a computer. He will set a computer, an image of the beast, on the platform on the dome of the rock. He will set that thing up, and that thing will speak. It will cause, that's what the Bible said, he will call it to speak. And when it speaks, it will tell the world. Here's what it's going to tell the world. This is what the Antichrist is going to tell the world. The 13th chapter of Genesis. The 13th chapter of Genesis makes it say this. Here we go. 13th chapter, the fifth, fifth verse. 15th verse, 13, 15. 13, 15. And he, and he had power 
to give life into the image of the beast. He has power to give life to the image of the beast. Should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he calls all, A-L-L, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he who had the mark the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 636. Good God Almighty. This Antichrist is coming out of Spain. His name is King Felipe. He's got six letters in his name. And he's got three other names. This name has got six letters, 666. He stands at six foot six. That's his height, six foot six. His name is King Felipe. King Felipe. He's the king of Spain. He is the 11th horn. You can't get around Daniel. You can't get around Daniel. Daniel said, he would be the 11th horn. And the 11th horn came into power in 1986. And when Juan Carlos was the king from 1975, listen to what I'm saying now, this is Bible, 1975 until 2014, King Juan Carlos was the king of Spain. And King Juan Carlos got married in 1962. When King Juan Carlos got married in 1962, a firstborn son. And they named the son Felipe. And he had two daughters. They are alive today. And when Juan Carlos got to be the age of 80 years old, he was too old to rule as king of Spain. And Juan Carlos was born in Rome. His son was born in Madrid, Spain. In 2014, Juan Carlos handed over, he handed over the kingship to his son. His son became the king of Spain in 2014. 2014 to 2023, King Felipe is the king of Spain. He is ready. He is ready to what? Come out the woodwork. He is ready to be revealed to the world. He's not revealed to the world right now because, number one, the church is here. And since the church is here, the only thing the church can do is to reveal to the world that he's here. Uh-oh. And I'm revealing to you what the Bible says, that this here man exists today. And if you will go to your YouTube and check your YouTube out and look up 
the king of Spain, you will find him. He has to be alive now. He has to be. And he is. If he was born yesterday, we got at least 54 more years before the temple is going to be built. If he's not at the right age now, and we got to wait to another four or five years for him to come on the scene, the temple can't be built until next three or four years, but yet now we see the temple is making preparation for it now. In the next year, they're going to have that temple up. If they're going to have it up, then the Antichrist has to come on and sit in it. He has to be a grown man. And his age right now is 55 years old. He was born January the 30th, 1968. In 1968, I was preaching on this, but I couldn't bring his name up because he wasn't born. The only time I could bring King Felipe up was in 19, what, 1986. Because that's when he was born. He was born in 1968. So 1986 puts you 20 years later. He was 20 years old in 1986. Now he's 55 years old in 2023. 2023 is what? Is the year of the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of what? The Feast of Yom Kippur, the Feast of Tabernacle. He is at exactly the right age to become the king of the world. He's at the right credentials. He's stuck with credentials. He knows all about black magic. He knows about Luciferians. He knows about secret societies. He knows presidents. He knows He met most of the presidents. His father is still alive in Spain. And by that, his father handed everything over to him, so he had to know about all these secret societies. He knows about the New Age movement. He knows about the United Nations. He knows about the Club of Rome. He knows about the Knight Templars. He knows about Skull and Bone. He knows about the Illuminati's. He knows about Luciferians. He knows about the Council of Foreign Relations. He knows about Bilderbergs. He knows about the European Union. He knows about the Jesuits. He knows all those secret societies and even more. And he's going to be able to maintain world power for the last three and one half years. But first he has to make a buildup. And this white horse, this white horse that I'm talking about, let's get back to it. Let's, let's see what this white horse does. He, what he does? He does this. He does this. Here's what he, he said, I saw behold a white horse, and he that said him had a bow. He had a bow, but no arrows. He preaches what? Peace. That's what he preaches. But it's preparing for war as a symbolized by the bow. The bow represents war, but he have no arrows. So he's coming on a peace platform with a bow in his hand showing that he's peaceful because he don't have no weapon to shoot. 
but he's putting on a big front. He's putting on a, a show, a camouflage, and he's putting on his camouflage to deceive people, to make them believe that he is really the Prince of Peace, and he's not the Prince of Peace. Satan is not the Prince of Peace. Man is not the Prince of Peace. And when he comes, the world is going to be dizzle-dazzled. Oh, look at what I'm trying to tell you. Dizzle-dazzled means they're going to be fooled. How bad are they going to be fooled? They're going to be fooled until in the book of Revelation, 13th chapter, and listen what happens. How much is he going to be deceived? The 13th chapter. Let's get that because I want to read that to you. I don't want to miss this. I don't want you to miss it. The third, 13th chapter of what? Of Revelation says, and the third verse it says, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. These are the ten horns. These ten horns, and he said this one horn was wounded to death, which represents the Antichrist. And his deadly wound was healed. So he's assassinated, and his deadly wound was healed. By his deadly wound was healed means that he will lie in the morgue for three days and three nights. He's going to do a fake, phony, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck resurrection. He's going to be killed, assassinated, to try to do a duplicate of what Christ did. He was crucified, hung on a tree, stayed in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, got up on the third day morning. So here comes the devil, the blue-headed devil, the wild-headed devil, the crazy devil, the devil that was in heaven one time, as known as Lucifer, cast to the earth, and he's on his way to hell. So now he's trying to deceive everybody that he can think and fool by what? Being put to death by a bullet to the head, and then three days and three nights, in the bottomless pit, and be resurrected from the dead on the third day, doing a duplicate, the copycat, copycat, copycat. The Bible says in the 13th chapter of Revelation, at the the third birth, it says, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world, all the world wondered after the beast. This refers to the part of the world he has conquered, but with the entirety of the world definitely paying him homage as he now seems to exclude superhuman ability. This man is going to be more than any TV superhero that you can think of. X-Men. You got Superman. You got Sazam, you got Flash, you got all these superheroes that the TV set is setting up for us to believe that when this man come, he will be the savior of the world, and he's not the savior of the world. He's a fake, phony, baboon, bullheaded, rotten devil. The devil is going to do miracles to this man that he's going to have superhuman strength, and nobody's going to be able to fight against him. Listen to what it said. And it said, and all the world wandered after the beast, and they worship him. They worship the dragon, the devil, and gave, which gave power into the beast, the Antichrist. And they worship the beast, saying, who is? 
like unto the beast. This one that was on the white horse, now he's become the beast. He comes on the white white horse to deceive you. But after he gets your grip into your soul to make make you believe that he is Jesus Christ, he will demand rich or poor, bond or free, to either receive a mark on their forehead or on the back of their hand. If you don't receive the mark, you will not. You will not. You will not be able to buy or sell anywhere in the world unless you receive the mark. So majority of the world, majority of the world will receive the mark of the beast because they have been deceived and thinking that this is Jesus Christ when this is the devil himself because he becomes a beast and he does many miracles, many miracles. Fire comes down out of heaven. He makes great prophecies. He does a whole lot of stuff that would deceive people because people is easier to be deceived when they don't know who Jesus Christ is. But if you Jesus, if you know Jesus Christ, the Lord is not going to let you be deceived because you have put your faith in Him. White horse. He's getting ready to ride. The white horse. Can't ride until the church is gone. After the church is gone, the world will be handed over to Lucifer. And he will set up his table. The first three and one half years, fake peace. The last three and one half years, he done dug his claws into the souls of men. And he becomes the beast. The white horse becomes the beast in the revelation. The white horse is a deception trick of the devil. Because he'll make something look beautiful, but behind all that beauty, there is destruction and darkness and evil. And once he gets you convinced that this is the answer, people will what? Actually, go down to the IRS. They will go down to the place in which they're injecting what? Injecting the mark of the beast into people's skin. On their right hand or on their forehead. They will go and say, except you get this mark, you will not be able to do business. In other words, if you have a bad health, if you have a house, if you have a car, if you have a bank account, anything that you have, you will not be able to do business unless you receive the mark. If you got the mark, that means that you can what? Do business. But once you receive the mark underneath your skin or on your forehead, that means that you believe that this Antichrist is Jesus Christ when he is not Jesus Christ. He is the devil that deceives you to receive the mark, and that means that your soul is damned forever. That means your soul is damned forever. Once you receive the computer chip. Once you receive the computer chip, and this is the last part of the great tribulation. If you live in the city, if you live in the suburbs, if you live anywhere around big business, you will not be able to do business except you receive the mark worldwide. Worldwide. Because some people are going to make it through 
the great tribulation. Some people are going to be able to what? See the second coming of Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation. God is getting ready to cleanse the earth of the devil, of the demons, and of all sinners. All sinners got to be cleansed from the earth. If you're a sinner this afternoon, if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, and if you get left here at the rapture of the church, it will be a little peace, a little bit of peace before the great tribulation comes. But when that great tribulation comes, you will not be able to buy and sell. You won't be able to own your house. You won't be able to go to the grocery store and buy food unless you receive the mark. We're going to a cashless money system. We are going to the money and the banks are going to collapse. Everything's going to fall apart. It's going to be darkness over the face of the earth. It's going to be earthquakes. It's going to be famines. It's going to be killing. It's going to be murders. It's going to be street gangs. It's going to be a mess on top of a mess. America, if she don't repent, she's going to suffer a harsh judgment from God Almighty because America has rejected this Christ that brought America into existence. In 1776, America was found on the Judeo-Christian biblical principle, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. And America today has turned their back on the Bible, on church, on Christ, on loving. Everything that's like Christ, the world is rejecting it. And by that, America and the whole world is going to suffer judgment. There's more storms coming. There's more earthquakes coming. There's more famines coming. There's more killings coming. It's going to get so bad, it's going to be almost unfit for a human being to live in. And we're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. You cannot raise a family today hardly. You cannot let your children play on the street. You can't. Ooh, it's dangerous. You can't even walk down the street in broad daylight. It's unsafe. Why? Because the devil is roaring like a lion, seeking who he may devour. You can lock your doors and it'll still burn your house down. They'll still break in. You can take your child to the best school in the United States and somebody will be crazy enough to shoot up, the, uh, up our school. The reason why this is going on is because the school rejected prayer in school in 1965. The reason this stuff is going on because marriages have been dissipated. The reason it's going on because men are going with men and women with women. This is what's going on. Men, women are agreeing with abortion and killing babies by the thousands. This is why it's going on, and it's going to get messy. Because the devil don't care nothing about you. The devil don't care nothing about your wife, your mother, your sister, your brother, your uncle, your aunt. He don't care. And he don't care about you. If you're a child of God, he wants to get rid of you because you're standing for something. All the most hated people on the planet of the earth is not blacks, not whites. The most hated people on the face of the earth is Jews and Christians. Jews and, you hear what I'm saying? Jews and Christians are the most hated people on the planet. And if you don't believe me, because America haven't felt it yet, 
But after the rapture of the church, America is going to get hostile. Now, they're going to be killing and raping, and guillotines are coming back. Guillotines are going to be put in the streets. Guillotines are going to be put on church lawns. People are going to be put in boxcars and shipped off to concentration camps, and they're going to be suffering in a concentration camp because they don't believe uh, 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 this man is Christ. They know it's the devil, and they're going to reject the mark of the beast. So they're going to be beheaded. But those that receive the mark of the beast, they are going to be able to buy and sell for about three, about three and one half years. Because inside of this computer chip, they got a virus. Inside of this computer chip, they got a virus. And this virus, once it's inside your body, it destroys your God conscious. You hear what I say? It destroys your God conscious. Once you receive the mark, this is what I'm saying. Once you receive the mark of the beast, you cannot be redeemed because you have rejected completely, uniquely, finally reject the whole plan of salvation that was only brought to by Jesus Christ. And so your soul will be damned forever. And you will be cast into the lake of fire at the end of the tribulation period. You will be literally cast into the lake of fire at the end of the tribulation period. There will be no hope for you when you stand before the judgment of the nations of the world in Jerusalem. The goats is on the left and the sheep is on the right. The goats will say, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name? Lord, have we not preached your gospel? Lord, have we not done wonderful works in your name? Lord, have not we cast out those demons and devils? Lord, did we sing in the choir? Lord, did not preach, did not heal the sick? Oh, the Lord said, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Meaning, I never knew you through my spirit. My spirit don't know you because you have never, never accepted my son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, and they cast them all into the lake of fire that burns with brimstone. You will be suffering forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. You will never see daylight again. You will never have a coffee break or a donut break. You will never dance anymore. You will never lie in Ooh, you'll be lying in hell, yeah. You'll be you'll be mad in hell for the rest of your life. You'll be tormented with worms eating your body but never consumed. You will be crying out and gnashing and gashing of teeth. You'll be, be saying, I wish I never was born in hell because hell is so awful. Hell is so awful that it will bend your mind and push your mind to see the pain that you will have to go through after you rejected Christ, after he has suffered on Calvary's cross, after the wrath of God was laid upon 
him and he took your wrath, but you refused you refused the blood of Jesus Christ, so you got to take your own wrath. And in hell, you'll be taking your own wrath. <laughs> and you'll be paying for your own sins. So what's the payment of sin? Punishment of fire and brimstone forever. And you know what I mean by forever? Forever eternity. Eternity to eternity to eternity. There will be no end. Five things you can take to hell with you. Five things you can take to hell with you. You can take your eyesight. You're going to take that. You're going to take your smell. You're going to take your taste. You're going to take your hearing. You're going to take your memory. Five things. You're going to remember everything that you did while you was up on this earth. You're going to remember when you could have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You're going to remember when you was in church. You're going to remember when you sung them songs. You'll remember when you went to the altar, but you never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You're going to remember that. You're going to see your friends in hell. You're going to say, oh, why didn't I listen to that crazy preacher that was preaching to me about hell, and he told me about the love of Jesus Christ, that he died for my sins and went to hell for me and came back from the grave for me that I can live eternally. I rejected it. And now I've got to pay for my own sins. And you don't want to have to pay for your own sins. Hell is eternity. This white horse is getting ready to ride. The temple, they're working on it every day. The Ark of the Covenant, they some of them know some of the Jews might know where it's at. The construction of the building, they already got it planned. The, uh, the, the renewal of the priesthood and the Levites, they're restoring it right now. They're gonna dress up and they're gonna go into the holies of holies. But God is not in that temple. The only temple God wants to dwell in now is your temple, your body. That's where God dwells now. The only one going to dwell in that temple is the Antichrist. And that's what a lot of people is dwelling in now. The Antichrist is dwelling in them. And guess what? They're going to be damned if they don't come out. If they don't drive that devil out by the blood of Jesus Christ and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and have a change of life, change of mind, change of ways, change of everything, get my thing. You're going to have to pay for your own sins. The white horse is getting ready to ride. King Philippe may ride through Jerusalem in a white Cadillac, a white limousine. Step out of the car with a white uniform on, with a Shetek case. He will have the covenant to sign with the Jews at the Knesset. That's the courtroom in Jerusalem. He's going to sit down at the table and make a peace treaty. For seven years, he will promise the Jewish people that he will protect them for seven years, and the Jews are going to accept that. And Jesus Christ said 2,000 years ago, if somebody come in their own name, you will receive them. But I come in my Father's name, and you will not receive me. So this Antichrist is coming in his own name. And by coming in his own name, the Jews are going to accept it. And when the Jews accept him as being... Jesus Christ, the Gentiles will say, yeah, this is what we want. 
they're going to follow right behind because the Jews were put on this earth for three reasons. What? To show all other nations that there's one God, to bring the Messiah into the world, and to write the Holy Scriptures. Three reasons why the Jews are on this planet. And if the Jews were not on this planet, it would be a living hell. Jesus Christ could not have came. The Holy Bible would not have been written, and the nation of Israel would not even be around. But thank God, he says, out of this a root and offspring shall come up out of Israel. The righteous branch, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. He shall come down through 42 generations. He shall be wrapped in swallowed clothes in the Bethlehem of Judea. He shall stay up on this earth for three and one half years. He shall stay up on the earth 30, 33 and one half years. I'm sorry. 33 and one half years. He will be on this earth. And at the end of the resurrection, he ascended back into heaven, and he took all the patriarch saints that was in the paradise, in the bowels of the earth, and took them to heaven. And he's coming back with the church. When he comes back with the church, we that remain alive shall be caught to meet the Lord in the air. And when we are caught to meet the Lord in the air, the dead in Christ will rise, and we that remain alive shall disappear. In a moment of a twinkling of an eye, I'm gone. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Don't you want to go? I want you to go. I want you to be able to say, I'm saved. I'm saved by what? Faith. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can you hear without a preacher? How can you preach unless who is it? God got to send you. If God didn't send you, you're not a preacher. It's just a few words. If God didn't send you, the devil sent you. And there's no hope in the devil. There's no joy in the devil. Oh, yeah, a lot of people think it's joy, but that joy turned to misery. You keep on messing with the devil. The devil ain't playing, and God ain't playing. There's a war coming. There's a war coming out of Russia called Gog and Magog War. It's coming. Red China wants America. Russia wants America. The nations of the world wants America because they can't stand America. You know why? Because America has played a hypocrite. And God said, righteousness exalts a nation, and sin is a reproach to any people. And guess what? Americans have made a reproach against God Almighty. We got more drug addicts. We got more homosexuals. We got more lesbians. We got more of every low-down, rotten sin that you can think of than a lot of other countries in this in the world. And the reason why, because America thinks God is playing. They think God is a little boy that walks around with marbles in his pocket. They think God has got a limp. They think God is blind in one eye and can't see out the other. They think God ain't nobody. They think Christ ain't nobody. And yet still we got a lot of folks going to church and have a form of God and can't, ain't got no power to tell nobody about Christ, that Jesus Christ is really actually coming back to this earth. The temple, they're working on it. The white horse is getting ready to ride. This is what it said. It said, the sixth chapter. It says that sixth chapter, it says, and a, he set up on him and a boat. He's praying 
He preaches peace, but preparing for war as a symbolized by the bow. And a crown was given unto him. In other words, the world will initiate him to be the savior of the world, and they will crown him. When they give him the okay, when he comes back from the dead by the assassination of the Antichrist, the world will crown him. The Jews will crown him. And when he gets that power, guess what he's going to do? Listen to what he said. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. The crown represents the fact that he will conquer many countries. At first, he does so by peace, but he will quickly graduate to war. He will conquer some by peace, but after the resurrection of the false messiah, he will conquer countries. He will country and cities. He will rule the world for seven years, 1,260 days, the first three and one half years, 1,260 days for the second two and one half years. And at that time, there will be no saints up on the earth until God does something. But what God going to do? What God going to do after the church is over? After the church is over? Who is he going to send on the earth to preach the last seven years the gospel of the kingdom? Who is he going to preach? I got to go to the Bible. And see what the Bible says. Who he's who he going to send? In the seventh chapter of Revelation, this is what God is going to do. After the rapture of the church, God's going to send some evangelists. And I'm going to read it to you in the seventh chapter of Revelation because the sixth chapter, the fourth chapter is when the rapture of the church occurred. That's when a door opened in heaven in the fourth chapter of Revelation. A door opened in heaven, and when that door opened, the church is raptured up and goes through that door. And then after that, it gives you a picture of the judgment seat of Christ. That's the fifth chapter. It gives you a picture of the judgment seat of Christ. And we go back to earth. Sixth chapter, we see the Antichrist come. Seventh chapter, after the church is gone and the Antichrist come, he signs a treaty. That's the beginning of the tribulation. When he signed the beginning of the tribulation, God said, the church is not here. The church can't witness no more. The church mission is done. You can you can take your hymn books and your Bibles and go on, on to glory because there won't be too hard at any more prayer meetings. There won't be too many church meetings. There won't be too many banquets. There'll only be one thing. Somebody got to tell me what's going on. And since the church is not here, the Lord said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And only God can do this. The devil can't stop him in no way. And no might can the devil stop him. And he said, and after this, after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth. And the wind should not blow upon the earth, nor up on the sea, nor up on any tree. God said, now, since the church is gone, I got four angels to hold back judgment. 
I'm going to hold back judgment because I got to do something before judgment falls. And he said, I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. And he said to the four angels, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the tree, until we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. Good God Almighty. Hey, Lord, have mercy. I got to seal. Let's see what he's going to seal. <laughs> and I heard the number of them, which was sealed. And there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. All right, here we go now. God said, I'm going to send 144,000 Jewish men that's going to preach the gospel of the kingdom for three and one half years. Jewish men are going to evangelize the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. And he said, now, look, I got here. I got tribes of Judah were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Reuben, 12,000. The tribe of Gad, 12,000. The tribe of Asher, 12,000. The tribe of Nephilim, 12,000. The tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. The tribe of Simeon, 12,000. The tribe of Levi, 12,000. The tribe of Issachar, 12,000. The tribe of Zebulun, sealed 12,000. The tribe of Joseph, 12,000. The tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. 12 times 12,000 equal 144,000 Jews. The church will not, cannot be here. The body of Christ has to be excommunicated to heaven. When it is excommunicated to heaven, the 144,000 will start in Jerusalem just like it was on the day of Pentecost. When the church was born, it started in Jerusalem. 144,000 evangelizing started, will start in Jerusalem by the 144,000 Jews. They will preach the gospel of the kingdom for 42 months, which is three and one and a half years, 1,260 days, which is three and one and a half years, and times and times and dividing times is three and one and a half years. The gospel will be preached by the tribes of Israel evangelizing the world. And they will preach, and there won't be no collection. There won't be no motivation speeches. There won't be nothing but telling the world that Jesus Christ is coming back to set up the millennial kingdom, prepare yourself to meet him, and the only way you can get saved is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And these saints that's going to get saved during the tribulation period will be called the tribulation saints, the tribulation saints. There are four classes of saints in the Bible, the Old Testament saints, the New Testament saints, the tribulations, the tribulation saints, and the millennium saints. So there's four classes of saints that will be going to the glories of heaven when the final act is over. And after the tribulation period, the saints that got saved during the tribulation period will go into the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, and they will repopulate the earth, and men will be able to live for a 1,000 years, some 800 years, some 500 years. They will be able to bring back longevity. The animals and all the creation of God will be restored 
restored. In other words, there won't be no more wild animals. Yeah, there won't be no more killing, and there won't be no more drug addicts, and there won't be no more whole houses, and there won't be no more prostitution, and there won't be no more sin that man will deal with that will cause him to not to want to accept Jesus Christ. But the only sin man will be able to deal with is the sin of unbelief. God is going to prove to humanity, going to prove to every angel, going to prove to the demons and devils in hell that there's one thing you can't blame on the devil, and that sin is unbelief. Because the devil believes and trembles. But here comes man still will not believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world after they done lived with Christ for a thousand years, they still will not receive Christ in their life. And there's going to be many people during the millennium reign that after Satan has been loose for one or a little bit of season, he's going to go out and deceive those that did not get saved during the millennium reign and try to come around and ransack Jerusalem, and God is going to cause fire to come down out of heaven and burn every one of them. And God is going to prove to man he is totally depraved. Man is a sick puppy. The human race is a sick puppy. God done did everything he can possibly do to redeem man, and man still won't come to Christ during the millennium reign and Satan will have nothing to do with the millennial reign because he's going to be put in the bottomless pit. And God done took mankind through six tests. The first test, innocent. Second test, conscience. Third test, self-government. Fourth test, the law. You got to help. The fifth one, Promise. Promise the Savior. They flunked out. Next one. Grace. Grace came. When grace came, they flunked out. Our society today has flunked it. They have flunked it because they don't believe that by faith you are saved. That by faith Jesus Christ is the only one to say that by faith you got to repent. By faith you got to turn from your eager ways. By faith you got to hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And since God's been preaching through the church for 2,000 years, and folks still will not believe that he is Savior and that he's coming back. He flunked out. And during the millennium reign, listen to what I'm saying. The millennium reign, the Holy Spirit will cover the whole world like water covered the sea. And Satan will be bound. Satan will be bound. Satan will be bound for a thousand years, and man will live free from evil except unbelief. And man still will not repent. And the longevity of age will come back. 
and people will be born, and the longevity will be 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, 400 years, 500 years, 600 years, 700 years, a thousand-year reign on this earth where men will beat their plowshares into pruning hooks, and they will not lift up war anymore, where the animals will be tamed, and the bear will lay down with the kid, and to tell me that a lion will eat straw, like, ooh, you're talking about a good time. No more war, no more hospitals, no more policemen, no more sane asylum, no more prisons, no more killing and murdering and raping. No, no more. It'll all be over. The only sin man will be able to deal with is unbelief. And if anybody do anything during the millennial reign that's outrageous, the Lord said, I'm going to rule with a rod of iron. Top love, you're going to be executed. If you do something real bad or something, you're going to be taken care of right away. They ain't going to play with it. They ain't going to dip a doubt with it. They ain't going to be like it is now. It's going to be peace in the valley someday. This is end time. This is Brother Bazaar, Elder Bazaar, coming to you from Warren, Ohio, going on down there into Atlanta, Georgia, on Block Talk Radio. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you're getting something out of this, because what we are headed for in the next few months is war, gas prices going up, food. Everybody say everything is all right, but that's a lie no one knows. It's been 1929 was the Great Depression. And 2029 is going to be a Great Depression because that's going to be the close of the end of the age. That's when Christ will come back to the earth. And if you're left here in the tribulation period, you're going to know just about when Christ is going to come because the Bible tells you. He says in the middle of the tribulation period, there's going to be a war in heaven. When the devil comes down here and when the Antichrist gets assassinated and he raised from the dead, the, the day he raised from the dead, you got three and one half years left. And the two witnesses come. Whoa, look at here. After the 144,000 get to preaching, let's read on and see what, what happens. It says here. It says this in the ninth verse, down to about the 13th verse, it says, After this I beheld in low a great multitude, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, all nations, all kindred, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, and white robes and palms in their hands, and cried out with a loud voice, singing salvation to our God, which sitteth up on the throne and into the Lamb. And the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessed 
blessings and glories and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might unto our God forever and ever. The 144,000 conclude their preaching for three and one half years. That means that January, another January, and another January, and a January in six months. There's going to be three years of preaching the gospel of the kingdom by the Jews. And after they got through preaching, John said, I saw a number that no man could number of all kindreds, all tongues, all kindreds, and all nations. A number of tribulation saints will receive Christ by the preaching of the Jewish 144,000. They will get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for three and one half years, and there ain't going to be no letdown. People are going to be coming to Christ, the greatest revival that ever hit this planet. It will be a universal revival. We're trying to get up a universe. We're trying to get up a, re, a, a, a revival uh, before Christ comes. There ain't going to be no revival until Christ and his 144,000 because people ain't got their mind on no revival. They ain't got their mind on revival. They ain't got their mind on football, basketball, partying, uh, shucking and jiving going places, vacation, spending money, buildings, buildings. They ain't got no mind. They need a shake-up. And God is shaking up the world now. Every nation is shaking. Storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, volcanoes. God is shaking. And he's moving. He's moving and warning people. Wake up, church. And the only time to wake up is really going to come is when the 144,000 preach and souls get saved and so many got saved. And John asked them, where did these come from and who are they? There was nobody up on the earth after the rapture of the church that was saved. Now we see a number that no man can number, as many as the sands of the sea. Where did that come from? He said, you know where they come from. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, what are these which are arrayed in white robes represent righteousness? And which came they? And I said unto him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, have washed their robes and made them white, their souls is white, in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. The throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, nor thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor heat, nor any heat. For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of water. And God shall wipe, good God Almighty, away all tears from their eyes. This is the tribulation saints. The church will witness this. I'll be there. Oh, yes, I will. I'll be there to crown him, Lord of lords and King of kings. I'll be there and see 
what God has in store for those that love him. I'll be there, according to John the Revelator, that this number is a number that no man could number. And after they get through preaching, they are going to be assassinated. They are going to die as mortals. And when they die, they're going to receive back into glory. And when they receive back into glory, they are going to be around the throne on Zion Hills. And after, after the 144,000 are through with them, God said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got two witnesses to do the job in the last three and one half years. I got two dynamites that's got to preach the gospel of the kingdom. I got two men in the Old Testament that did not finish their ministry, but I'm going to give them the right to stand at the temple site, and they're going to preach for three and one half years. Somebody say, who are these two men? There's two prophets that's going to come on the scene. One is named Moses and the other is named Elijah. Somebody say, how do you know it's Moses? I know it's Moses because Moses did not finish his ministry. No, 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 no. God told Moses when he looked over into the land of Cana, he said, I'm not going to let you go over now. I'm going to bury you at the foot of Mount Nebo uh, because uh, I'm going to use you later on in a couple of decades, in a couple of centuries. And the devil, the devil fought and tussled over the body of Moses because he wanted to prevent Moses from coming back at the end time. And he wanted to use Moses as an idolatry. And the Lord said, I'm going to bury Moses and nobody knows where his body is because if I know you know where his body is, you'll go up and dig him up. And he won't come up from the grave until the end of the first part of the tribulation, then I'm going to call up Elijah because Elijah did not finish his ministry. He ran away from Jezebel. He got disgusted. He got depressed. He got uh, uh, out of range and said, Lord, I'm the only prophet left. And the Lord said, wait a minute, man. Mm, you you wrong. I got 7,000 haven't even bowed to Baal. And since you were scared of Jezebel and you can't finish what you're supposed to do, I'm going to take you away in a fiery chariot. But I'm going to bring you back at the end of the first part of the tribulation period, and I'm going to stand you and Moses in uh, uh, Jerusalem, and they're going to preach the gospel. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Let me tell you something what's going to happen. They're going to have cameras over there in Jerusalem from every news station you can think of. They're going to be all kind of journalists and dictators and and, and, and people who trying to find out what's going on. And Moses is going to stand in the courthouse. He's going to stand down there at the temple site, and he's going to preach for three and one half years, every day, every month, every hour, until the world says, stop it, stop it. I'm tired of hearing about it. And the Bible says if anybody touch these two prophets, they'll be destroyed with fire coming out of their mouth. You can't touch these two prophets because, let me tell you, Elijah was a prophet of fire, and, 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 and so would Moses had a little fire because he brought down ten plagues up on Egypt. And one of those plagues was darkness. And it got so dark, it, they could feel darkness. You could, you could hold darkness in your hand. 
And Moses was, was, was hindered from going in the land of Canaan because he smote the rock two times instead of once. And he called the people, God rebuild. And God said, I'm going to chastise you for that because I'm going to use you in the last days. I'm going to use you in 2029 or maybe 2028. I don't know. But it's getting close, brother. It's getting close. And they're going to preach for three and one half years. And at the end of three and one half years, somebody's going to kill them. And when they kill them, they're going to lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three days and a half. And their body's going to blow up. And the people are going to have ABC, NBC. They're going to have TikTok. They're going to have every news channel looking at Jerusalem from New York clear across to Los Angeles, over there in Shanghai, Shek, China, all the way over to Moscow, Russia, all the way over to Eastern and Western Europe, all the way over to the United States, the whole world, the whole world will hear the gospel. And then God said, I'm going to send out three angels. I'm going to have angels circle the earth, and they're going to be saying, whoa, 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 into the heavens of the earth for Fear those do not receive the mark of the beast. If you eat, if you receive the mark of the beast, you shall eat and drink the wine of God's wrath. The last people are not people, but the last messages will be distributed by three angels. God is going to make sure. Everybody hears the gospel. God is going to make sure that everybody hears the gospel. And he said, when the world is preached to and the gospel is preached to all the world, and then the end shall come. After Moses and Elijah preach it, after the three angels preach it, then the end shall come. This is what the resurrection is all about. This is why God can perform the tribulation period, because when Christ came back from the grave, he got the victory over sin, death, and the grave, and now the human race can be saved from sin, death, hell, and the grave. And God said, I'm going to give the world an opportunity to receive my son until the end. And when you see Moses on TV, and when you see Elijah on TV, and when you see angels flying through the heavens on TV, you know that the end is there. It's there, brother. And Brother Bazaar is totally excited about it. So don't forget about the white horse. The white horse is getting ready to come on the scene. And don't forget, he's not going to be riding on the white horse through the sky. Most likely he'll ride in a white limousine and come out stepping out on the sidewalk in a white military uniform, standing six foot six with six letters in his name. And the Jews are going to say, this is Jesus Christ. But he have no identification marks. He have no nail prints in his hand. He have no nail prints in his feet. He have no thorns put on his head. He have no 
pierced hands. He have no pierced side. He don't have no whips on his back. And people are accepting him as being Jesus Christ. That's how blind they are because Jesus Christ died and rose again. And when he died and rose again, he still got them marks that he had on Calvary's cross. And the world don't take heed that he had a mark. And this Antichrist don't have one mark on him. The only mark that he'll probably have is a, a bullet head, a hole, a, a hole through his head with a bullet. And when he lays in the morgue for three days and three nights, on the third day morning, he will get up from the grave. Actually, what's going to happen there? Well, what's going to happen there is the 12th chapter of Revelation gives you a picture of Satan falling from heaven to earth, and he's going to bring all these UFOs and all these entities and all these demons and all these Nephilim and all the demons that came from the bottomless pit, all the demons that come from the Euphrates River, because the Euphrates River is about to dry up, prepare for the kings of the east. Revelation 16 chapter, you read where Revelation 16 chapter is where China, all those eastern oriental countries will cross the Euphrates River because it's getting close to the end, and that's they're preparing themselves for the greatest battle that you will ever see on the face of the earth, and that's the battle of Armageddon. Armageddon represent armament. Armageddon represent all the heathen nations against Jerusalem to ransack Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden, just before they get to Jerusalem, the sun is going to go out and the moon is going to turn red. And the sky, you hear what I said? The sky was split open. Where is that at, preacher? That's found. In the 19th chapter of Revelation. As found in the 19th chapter of Revelation, the 11th verse, puts you right in the smack dab of the return of Jesus Christ, when literally the sky is going to split in half, wide open, and Christ, Jesus Christ, the one that has been marked, the one that has been denied, the one that has been cursed at, the one that has been misinterpreted one that to some people don't mean nothing but here's what it's going to mean that listen to what john wrote and what he saw literally 19th chapter 11th verse and i saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he does judge and make war his eyes with his flame of fire represents judgment, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the army, wait a minute, his army, what army? The church army, the body of Christ, the church army. Not the Baptist, not the Presbyterian, not the Catholic, not the Jehovah's Witness, not the Buddha, not the Shintoism, not no religion, 
name of a religion will be there. It says armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. So the church is coming back on white horses. Clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of his spears and wrath of the Almighty. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, and I saw angels standing in the sun and saying to all the fowls of the earth in the midst of it, heaven, come together yourselves unto the supper of the great God. This is the battle of Armageddon. <clears throat> the nations of the world, the armies of the world, will totally rebel against their creator. And God will cut him down with the sword of his mouth. There will be so much blood in the valley of Megiddo that it will come up to the horse's bridle to over 200 square miles. And the birds and the buzzards and the bird of prey will come down and suck up the blood and eat the flesh of men and horses. And the valley shall be cleansed and drained. And Christ will come on top of the Mount of Olives, and he will set up the judgments of the nations. Then from there on, he'll get ready to set up the millennial kingdom. And that would be the end. That would be the end of the world after the millennium reign. The world will be Renew the world will be renovated. The world will catch on fire and burn and be purified. And God is going to have a period to cool it off. And when he cool it off, it will be a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth has passed away. Sin will be deleted. Sin will be done away with. Sin will never be able to invade the human race ever and ever again. And we will walk on the streets of gold. It will always be howdy, 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 and never goodbye. Come to Jesus. What profit a man to gain the whole world lose his soul? Come to Jesus. What would you give in exchange for your soul? Come to Jesus. Give him your soul. Give him your heart. Give him your mind. There's nothing to profit in this world. Because if you try to profit the whole world and die and lose your soul, you will burn in hell. You'll burn in hell forever. White or black, yellow or green, rich or poor, pretty or ugly. I don't care how pretty you are. I don't care how ugly you are. I don't care how low down you've been. I don't care how good you've been. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're going to end up in hell. Don't go. This is Brother Bazaar. I love you all out there. Go tell your friends. Time is short. The Antichrist is here. King Philippi is here. The beast is here. He's coming. The mark of the beast. 
is being constructed right now. The 144,000, God knows where they are. The two prophets are going to be resurrected. The Antichrist is going to come. The devil is going to invade earth with these saucers and these entities are going to invade the earth. God is going to open up a pit of scorpions come out. Four angels are going to be loosed in the Euphrates River. Russia is going to have a war. And when that war breaks, man is going to say, we can have peace now, but that's a lie. Putin is getting ready to fight. And his determination to invade Jerusalem and take the oil and the potash and the gas and try to control the world. He's not going to do it. The Lord is telling you right now, you need Jesus Christ in your life. You need Christ. Romans 10 and 9, confess. Confess that you are a sinner. Confess that you need Jesus Christ. Confess. But first, repent. If you want to change your life, you're tired of the life you're living in, you don't have no hope in your life. You're trying to hope on your boyfriend. You're trying to hope on your drugs. You're trying to hope on your fine clothes. You're trying to hope on your money. That ain't no hope. That's misery. Jesus Christ is your only hope for your soul. Let him save it. Repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Don't die and go to hell. Get saved. And if you don't get saved, you're going to miss the rapture. You're going to have to face the Antichrist. And he is not going to play with you. He is not going to play with you. If you don't bow down and worship him, you're going to get your head cut off. If you receive the mark, your soul will be damned forever. Now, which one would you rather have? I'll tell you right now, I'll get my head cut off in a minute. But I know I ain't going to be here in the tribulation period. Because if you get your head cut off, that means you get a crown right away. You automatically go to heaven if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. But if you receive that mark, that computer chip, they're working on it now. England, it come out of, uh, it comes out of Luxembourg. Luxembourg has got the, they're 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 really getting it down to the nitty gritty of that computer chip, and they're working on it 24/7, and pretty soon it'll be here. Within the next three and a half years, I believe it'll be here, where you will actually have to receive it in order to buy or sell or reject it and be beheaded. Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Come to Jesus right now so he can save you. Only thing you got to do is repent and confess with your mouth. Say, Lord Jesus, I am sorry. I am so sorry for sinning against a holy God. Save my soul. Christ, I accept you as my Savior. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Save my soul with true repentance. Repentance means contrite spirit. You're broken up. You're broken up. 
Your spirit is broken. Because God has been so good to you. You, 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 he's been so good to you. He let you live. You say, I'm, bro- I'm, 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 I'm tired of sinning against you. Save me. Save me right now. 